Hey guys, what's up? It is the Word Alive. This is Telly. This is Matt. This is Zach. Tony Baloney. And we are here today in Seattle, Washington. I don't know what day uh, show it is because we've had a 24-hour drive in between the last show and this. Some it's, days off. It's the 13th podcast. 13th podcast. Yeah. There we go. And uh, we're here at uh, this amazing venue. Showbox, Showbox. Soto. Soto. Not if you are from here, there are two, and it can be very confusing. Even for us, we usually show up to the wrong venue, and we're like, "Ah, shit, it's the other one." And uh, so, but we're here with some some guests at our Veeps VIP. Would you guys introduce yourselves to everyone? My name is Nick, and I'm Shay. I'm Darla. I'm Travis. Hey, I'm Scott, Seattle, Washington. There we go. Uh, so we're, we're here today. We are one week at the time of this recording, one week from when Monomania came out, uh, our brand new record. So thank you guys for all the love, uh, all the listeners. I'm sure that there are a million listeners, uh, on our podcast by now. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. Yeah, uh, I'd like you. to thank our sponsors, Google, uh, Microsoft, Apple. Bill Gates, um, Nick Coons, and, uh, you know, some of the other billionaires in the world at the time of this. So, uh, yeah, um, in the, in the, in the background of this podcast, we actually have a special guest with us today. His name is Nick Coons. He does indeed actually work for Microsoft and is a goddamn genius. He, he used to tour with us, a longtime friend from Arizona and, uh, just yeah. a jack of all trades. He literally could. He's a straight up fucking legend. All right? He That's he literally he yeah, literally could legend. do. He's yeah. A fucking legend. This is not. This is Nick, and this is not we're true. Doing a, we're doing another. Listen to this, motherfuckers. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing another podcast after this with just Nick Coons. All right. All right That's look, what's happening. Today, today's episode might be an extended yes. one. We're gonna have. Yeah. Hell yes. We're, we're gonna we dive need in. To have that. Yeah, we're gonna dive in. We'll we'll get to. Uh, da- <laughs> We'll get to Daddy Coons, as we call Dr. him. Coons. Yeah, Doctor Coons. Doctor Coons. He's literally a scientist. Uh, so the smartest person that we've ever known, and he was dumb enough to work for us and hang out with us on tour, yeah, which is kind of mind-boggling. You actually, were, you it's were crazy. actually at the studio when we did Life Cycles for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were. That's right. That was the uh, Word of Life's first uh, videographer with uh, my. Oh iPhone. yeah. Yeah, actually. Uh, well, before Instagram got popular, I don't know if you guys remember, but I literally made your Instagram page, yeah. <laughs> and nobody knew what it was at the time. Instagram had just came out, yeah, when we went to the that's studio right, that's for right. life cycles. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, we started Instagram in the studio with uh, with at, at Joey Surge's studio. Yeah, Joey Surge's. Well, actually, I was supposed to be like. I don't know, recording you guys, but I just ended up playing a lot of Halo. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, there was yeah, a lot of truth. Halo play. We played. were killing it back then. Yeah. yeah. What, oh, a, what a time to be alive. Well, well, we just want to let you guys know that you guys are in the presence of world legend. alive history and legend, yeah, honestly. So. He's been a part of the, part yeah, of the crew. Lots of Walmart. Yeah. 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 So, well, um, I guess... If uh, you guys have any questions to get it started off, um, anything you want to know, uh, just feel free. And, and this it's different every day, so let's see where it takes us today. Since Nick mentioned Halo, what is some of your guys' favorite video games to play in your free time? Well, I play shit tons of Apex Legends. Um, Eric 
and uh, Eric from Escape the Fate and Craig have their like uh, mobile game stations, and pretty much like uh, you know every couple days while they're playing, I go and log into my Xbox account and play Apex as much as I can. But um, yeah, other than that, I have a Switch now and I've been playing Mario Odyssey and Pokemon Sword a lot. So but yeah, Apex Legends when I'm home, hours a day. Yeah, I play a lot of Pokemon when I'm on tour. Uh, yeah, definitely Pokemon Sword, Pokemon Eve. Um, yeah, I, I like Pokemon Go, but I'm, I chose the yellow team, and I feel like that's, like, the worst team. So uh, whatever that whatever team, elect, electric team. I don't you know can now change. You can you now change. You can change. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can now change can, to uh, once, a once a year. So you can okay. go to any team you want now. So <laughs> maybe I'll pick that up. Uh, my favorite video game of all time is The Last of Us, uh, which I think we're th like three months away from the second one coming out, which is going to be so sick. I don't really play video games when I'm home that often. When I do, I only really play Madden. Uh, I love uh, sports games, but I play Madden all the time, uh, like at the studio. And. Uh, I love it. When I'm on tour uh, on my phone, I play Pokemon Go, uh, and I play SimCity and uh, Words with Friends pretty much every day. So those are those are my go-tos. Tony, you're the biggest um, gamer in the band. What yeah, I'm the biggest play? gamer for sure. <laughs> no, um, I'm not a nerd. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Honestly, I just like I haven't had a any kind of like video game system in a really long time, but I do enjoy playing video games. Um, I I am determined to buy like uh, a new console, like then maybe the new Xbox or whatever. I'm like determined to because I need something to do when I'm just have a little downtime at home. So it's I do like escape. Madden. What? It's a great escape other it than is. like TV or yeah, something, it's or something movies. different. I think I'm the only team PlayStation person in the band. Yeah, I would do PlayStation as well. I mean, I don't know which one. I, I've always had Xbox. Or, no, Most actually, I've had Xbox PlayStation and Xbox. Xbox. The last video game console that I owned was an Xbox... 360? Uh, no. The yeah. OG? Oh. No, I didn't even have a 360, dog. Just the Xbox. I just had an Xbox, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm that pretty sure. Like, Wait, that no, was like no, no. 35 years ago. You had the Did I? When did that year? When did that come out? 2011, 2012. No. Uh, I can't remember honestly. I, too. I don't think I, I did. I, don't know. I think I just played. That was like, when we with played Halo though with Tim. Still, 2010. A year or two after he graduated high school, right? Yeah, 2009. You're right. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was that was 360. I think. Okay. Yeah. 360. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. 360. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Final answer. <laughs> so yeah, I don't play a lot of video games. I do enjoy them though. Like Tally was mentioning, when in the studio I was on a big, uh, big Madden <sighs> kick. So I'm like really congested, by the way. So if I sound like I'm just talking through my nose like this, it's why. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I like that. I like, I like that. it. Okay, so why are we not doing Empire anymore? I understand this gentleman told me you guys were all grown up. I get that. <laughs> but that was a sexual album. What is happening here? That was a sexual um, album. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I <laughs> I mean, just realistically, when we play those songs, no one really knows them. Uh, and we even when we did our 10-year tour last year and the Deceiver Entirety tour, you know, some of those songs 
aren't those fans don't come to our shows basically and they're not buying merch they're not coming to shows they're not streaming the songs so you know we have some very diehard people like yourself who love those but when there are one to ten people and like 500 or a thousand people it's pretty hard to justify playing those songs when we have much more popular songs now and when you have over 70 songs it's hard it's hard to to please everyone but we you know we're pretty much forced into um playing the songs that are the most popular currently um especially with a 30 minute set like yeah. on a tour like this yeah you know, we have to give yeah we're playing for new fans you need you need to show them who you are and you know right now um it's not that we don't love those songs and and honestly uh depending you know i can't go backwards and we can't predict what a few uh, alternate reality may have been but um you know it was just kind of a natural shift where you know we've just been going in a particular direction that some of those fans you know didn't follow us in and uh you know we were finding ourselves playing these songs you know assuming that a lot of older fans were coming out to the shows and then you know the crowd reactions w were changing and it we were finding out that a lot of people just weren't familiar with our first you know ep in particular and then record and uh so now even when we did the deceiver entirety tour i mean we did the whole record and then we did uh trapped misery why am i like this um and those songs were by far the loudest sang songs every single night of the whole tour with the exception i think one show there was some true OG fans that made up the majority, but for the most part, you know, that's just how it is. And it's not something that we can really control. You know, it's like if people loved those songs and to the point where they were still actively supporting the band and listening to them all the time, then it might make more sense for us to, but it's not cause we don't like them. That's for sure. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, uh, what's uh, the, the quit while you're ahead. We were literally just talking about on this tour that song's still just I love that song and it's so good um it's vi it's in the wrong key for my voice for sure but uh when we were young we were just like well let's go for it yeah let's just make it work so but but yeah so that's why yeah. any other questions I have another one. yeah yeah throw it up so as a band what is the hardest thing that has been like challenging besides like not doing old stuff and like growing as a band if that makes sense yeah being gone from home you know you, yeah that's you, always you that's miss always out you miss out on a lot of stuff um births birthdays um funerals you know you miss out on these important milestone things in people's lives and then momentous occasions that you want to either celebrate with your friends and family or you want to be there to support you know your friends or family and uh you know when we were younger we toured like up to 10 months a year so you're you're probably gonna miss pretty much everything that happens yeah. in someone's life that is significant over that time we tour uh significantly less now so we're able to enjoy some of those things more but um the only way we're able to tour less is because when we do tour, you know, people support us, they buy merch, buy, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, it's, uh, I'd say that's for me, that's the hardest thing is just, yeah. you know, you feel like you let people down, but at the same time, you're like, this is what we feel we're meant to do and that 
we're also like at the same time helping a lot of people and you know providing music and entertainment all around the world getting to see the world so uh it's what we always refer to as kind of the blessing and the curse of you know doing what we do what about for you guys just um like trying to stay in touch with everyone at home like friends and you know i don't really have an issue with my family my family's really chill like we don't talk all the time but you know it's just like an unspoken word that you know we love each other and we care and if anyone needs to say anything they call and talk but um uh we've toured throughout our entire 20s at this point you know we're all in our 30s now and just everyone's life at home continues to move while you're gone and when you come home you know now one of your friends is married now one of your friends has a kid and when you last saw them maybe they didn't have a kid or they weren't married yet and now you're adjusting to your friendship changing and it happened while you were you know playing shows every night and you don't even realize that it's happened but um yeah that's like a kind of a weird reality of touring it's like everything keeps moving while you're you feel like you're not moving but you literally are moving so much so it's it's really weird yeah i think it's it's uh very you know like how i say it's like a blessing and a curse um being in a band it's amazing to you know do what we love and chase our dreams and do that but at the same times it's like very hard to um to find a healthy balance of like you know the word alive life and real life you know and like maintaining that in like a healthy you know mental you know especially mentally it's it's hard to do that um i'm italian so like i'm very 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 family oriented and uh it's kind of on another level (laughs) it's crazy my family's pretty crazy on that so uh missing out on things and uh not you know we have so much shit going on all the time at home so kind of being away from that and then just you know friends loved ones significant others you know girlfriends and whatever it's um it's I, th- I think I, I can speak for everyone on that. It's just yeah, it's hard to to be to be gone and stuff. And but yeah, it's like a the balance. Yeah, the balance. It's very difficult. Yeah, just balancing it out. It's hard. It's so fun though. Yeah. Don't get us wrong. Yeah, not to sound <laughs> we're not having to a sound great morbid time. or, yeah. or, or yeah. anything like. Ugh, but no, it's it's just that's you know those are the hard. I, you know, I think life in general is full of highs and lows. And I think just like the average person, it's a little more spread out. We could have the craziest show of our career one night and the next night could be the worst show. Or you could have just gotten off tour and you're, you know, everything's great. And then boom, you get this tour offer and then, you know, things change. So I think like we're just going up and down all the time. And so it's really easy to kind of lose perspective obviously uh when that's happening but i think you know the the easiest thing and what makes it so fun is when you can step back and you can really just be like you know what like this is pretty awesome that we get to do what we love a lot of people don't get to do what they love and so it's like while while we might be missing out on some of these things that mean a lot to us most of the people in our lives are really supportive of us. Um, you know, all of our families come out to shows all the time. They've traveled s- different cities, cities, states. Uh, you know, they, they buy our records and uh, merch and things like that. We feel very supported, more so than I think a lot of bands, even though we've toured with. And I've heard a lot of 
stories from other band members that their lives are not you know that that great going back home like they're like I have to be on tour and I think one of the things that you know uh, I was talking to Nick uh, our friend earlier like it's kind of crazy we've been a band over 10 years and I think a huge part of while why the word alive has been able to last that long is because ultimately we are really supported when we go home uh, when we're on tour you know we have a great manager Tim Kirch uh, who has done a lot for our band we've been on the same label the entire time we've been a band so there's not a lot of chaotic like up and downs unknowns there I think we've been blessed with like a pretty consistent team our booking agent uh, Matt Anderson he's been our agent for six years now almost almost seven years so you know there are some bands that have it much more chaotic than we do and so when you when you can step back and realize kind of like how good you have it compared to other bands or other people uh, it makes it a little bit easier to handle some of those things that ultimately you know a lot of what any person on the planet goes through is temporary you know the the worst days you know it's not like it's like that every day all the time for most of us and so you just have to like try and find like that balance that peace in your mind that you know you know that okay this is bad right now but this isn't going to be like this forever and uh it's it's a calming you know to to know that we get to do what we love and share it with people and i think i would like to think that our impact on our loved ones uh, is felt from traveling the world experiencing different cultures and we bring that back home to you know some of the people who don't get a chance to do that i know that we've inspired friends to travel and things like that that they might not have done um so i think it's it's there's a lot of positives too that that go unsaid do you guys keep in touch with any of your ex-members if that's a hope it's not a touchy of course, subject yeah. Oh, yeah literally daniel just texted us yeah like we talked 20 to minutes a day ago. or two ago yeah yeah uh uh yeah justin the other day too yep. yeah 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 told us their album sound like yeah we shit. joke uh justin salinas we're gonna see him tomorrow at the show Dusty, we still talk to you every now and then yeah, yeah. every uh, literally every member um of the Tony, world alive yeah, I did a Phoenix. I did an emo night in Phoenix where yeah. I played and he came out to support and we hadn't seen each other in years and he's doing great with his photography as a he has basically a whole media studio in Arizona. Uh, he's doing great. He was always really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, that arguably, you know, was his like talent and drums just happened to be this thing that he did. Um, so yeah, we we keep in touch with everyone and it's it's pretty awesome actually. It's like a little fraternity. Couple questions. Um, first one: What is or what was the hardest song that you guys have that like took you the longest to really get it to come together, hone it in? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're writing your own music, but still, you know, as a musician, it takes you some time to actually get where you want to be. Hmm. There's been a couple ones on each record. I think that take a while. Probably for this record, I think it was Monomania that probably took the longest to get um, figured out. Maybe for Dark Matter, I forget what was this. Dark Matter was the Dark song. Matter. Yeah. As well, we had a bunch of different choruses that we tried. Uh, for Violent Noise, what was the song that would tr- that took? I know there was one that we spent like a long time on. Red Clouds. Red Clouds. I know. I feel like that one came out pretty. Yeah, I, don't I don't. I forget. But yeah, I'm. I'm trying. Life to- cycles took a long time. 
because uh, didn't didn't you try a, a couple different? Yeah. So life cycles was actually almost didn't become like the kind the of song, anthem yeah. staple that it was. Uh, I I flew home to California um, during the tracking of life cycles. Uh, admittedly, the band wasn't necessarily on the same page or getting along that well. And uh, me and Joey Sturgis, who are now you know we're good friends. I see him pretty much every time he comes to L.A. Uh, it was just r- rubbing the wrong way. So I went back to California to track the vocals separate because I wanted to be able to digest what was being asked of me and said and then do it on, you know, kind of my terms. And uh, so Life Cycles, though, originally how I heard it from, you know, when it was being created uh, was a lot more like, I'd say, somber and kind of chill, like almost like a interlude track versus like the single and like you know word alive staple that it is now and so i sent this version of it and everyone was like no and then it got sent back and i actually uh it's a cool story um so ash avelson who's the owner of sumerian records uh our old booking agent jj kasiri and uh our producer we're all friends and we're having some drinks uh, and i was telling ash about how I just wasn't getting this song right. And I'm like, I, I feel like it's close and I don't know what I'm missing. And he asked me what the lyrics were. And, um, and when I said the portion of the song that has the lyrics that everyone knows now, I'd rather die for what I believe than live a life without meaning. That was originally in the song, but it was like a small part and like much more chill. And he was like, that's the song. And he was like, sing it to me. And I was like, what? He's like, no, really. Like, sing it to me like you're like campfire. Like, just start. And I'm like, sing it. He's like, no, not like that. Like, more, more. Build it, build it. And he's like, make me believe this. And it was like, I was sitting there uh, and we were playing. Me and JJ have been playing NBA Jam uh, on Ash Avelton's couch. We hit pause. He literally, like, handed me a joint. We smoked weed. And then he was like, make me believe it. And I blew out my voice, literally like doing it pretty much how, how you hear it now. And he made me do it like 20 something times in a row. And then he was like, that's a song. He was like, go in tomorrow to the studio and do it just like that. And I did and sent it and everyone loved it. So, yeah, it was almost what uh, life cycles almost wasn't life cycles. And, uh, so that's that's one of those moments though too like you know you kind of wonder how many times a song maybe either was not used that could have been something special and I think as we've gotten older we've like learned to like really work out songs and we have a lot more ideas now than we did when we were younger and uh I think it pays off, especially with this record. Like there were songs or parts and we're like, we can't throw this away. Like there's something here. And, um, and so we, we developed a lot more songs and ideas like for this record than I think we ever had before. A lot of times we're like, ah, this isn't that good or whatever. And we moved on or let a part go. And this time we we let things develop more and built it. Cause obviously like, any singular part if you hear it on its own might not be that great but when you get the juices flowing you combine it with some 
programming stuff you get like oh no the bass tone needs to be like this then you're like okay there's something here and that's one thing that we've learned uh over doing this for six records and an ep is sometimes you got to give something the time it needs to to build into something special so but yeah it's a story nobody knows yeah so that's a great question uh we got time for like one or two more right now yeah we got time for one or two more right now so anything else you guys want to know um what you're in seattle so do you have any musical influences that came from this area or what are your musical influences you know maybe personal or yeah i mean how many fucking amazing bands have come out of you know seattle yeah it's kind of crazy actually yeah like i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but like uh I mean, I, I feel like almost every single 90s grunge band <laughs> came out of Seattle. Uh, I'd have to look, honestly, because I don't want to, like, be mistaken. Or, but, uh, I mean... Alice in Chains. Yeah, I feel Nirvana, like... Nirvana. Yeah, uh, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, Nirvana's... I soundcheck with In Bloom literally every day. Is it Pearl Jam from, from Seattle? Right? Yeah, Pearl Jam. Um, yeah, Soundgarden. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, those are some of my favorite, like, bands growing up out... Um, my dad showed me when I started like getting just into music, you know, my dad was like really, really into uh, classic rock and stuff. So he's just kind of like, Hey, like check out, you know, Zeppelin, Floyd, Sabbath, like just that whole era of music, stones, whatever. And, um, it's like, yeah, this is sick. This is what got me into music, wanting to play guitar. And then as I got a little bit older and I was, I was, a, am a nineties baby, you know, I was born 89. So once I started getting, like, you know, when I was mid-90s, I was getting a little bit older and, like, understanding music and stuff, not just, like, hearing what my parents were playing. My dad would still show me, like, you got to watch this uh, Pearl Jam DVD with me. And we'd put it on, and I'm like, fuck, this is sick. And I owe a lot of that to my, my dad, actually, like, listening to those bands. Like, they're – I know we've – they've in, influenced our band as well, you know? Yeah. Sure. Like, uh – you'll see like some of our set like i'll just fucking doodle and start playing a nirvana riff or something and yeah i've learned so many like just parts of those songs on guitar i don't know the full songs it's hard (laughs) yeah yeah i i'd say 90s is the best decade of music for me um most influential for sure uh and then early 2000s obviously um kind of took the tailwind of the 90s and created a lot of amazing music as well but yeah 90s is insane and seattle is the forefront of that so i mean it's pretty amazing to have you know you have like la has like 80s and and in new york and but for seattle a much smaller you know market to have created such a profound impact on music is pretty amazing you know yeah Have you guys made it over to the Mopop in any of your uh, touring? No. No. I don't I think so. I'm not sure what that is. Museum of Pop Culture. Oh, no. There's oh, no. Jimi Hendrix. There's a huge exhibit for him. There's a huge exhibit for Nirvana. They change it up all the time. Oh. So. What? That's awesome. I mean, that's definitely that's something we'll have to, to make learn. It over there we sometime. got a recommendation here on on the podcast, so we'll have to check that out, and it's maybe we'll do a podcast on that next time we're here. Yeah. Yeah. It's next to the Space Needle. It's the funky-looking colored building. Okay. Okay. Fitting. Very fitting. 
All right. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you guys so much for the questions and and company. Uh, hopefully, we answered everything in a way that you guys were able to take something with you from this. Uh, to all of our listeners uh, at home around the world, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our friends at Telefunken for providing our microphones so that we can sound crisp and clear. Um, for for shouts. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Now we're gonna go play a sold out show and go kill it. Happy one week to Monomania. Stream that shit and uh, come see us at a show later this year. Uh, We appreciate you. We're out. See you.